0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it's my pleasure to welcome back my guest, John Song. Hey John, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, how are you?
0: I'm great. Um, I should say, aka, the futuristic vintage, because I'm excited for part two. two. You're my very first part two.
1: That's such an honor. I I mean, the honor is
0: all mine, really.
1: Oh no, it's mine, for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I think we'll have a good time.
0: Um well, um initially I feel so uh, blessed and grateful that you reached out because um you reached out because you have a new project that just released. Was it this week? It's been a long week, sorry.
1: Uh, it came out on Monday. Yeah.
0: Monday. Congrats. Um Thank truly you. um and you had it was it's part two of I guess, a a larger project? I don't know. Volume 2, right?
1: Volume 2. I I think the plan is to make this series just like a trilogy.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: The concept of this project titled No Words to Say, but the no is spelled K-N-O-W, is because um, it was a a lot of songs that I had made for myself and also songs that I had made for try to pitch to other artists Mm -hmm. to potentially create something with but didn't land or maybe for myself it's because um i have issues um recording my, myself on the mic i get very like self-conscious or whatever so but i when it comes to like making beats like i that barrier kind of lessens a little bit i'm more inclined to want to share so yeah i just i i kind of thought of it as like an, as, as an entendre of like, you know, there are no words to say on these tracks, but also, you know, you can maybe potentially have your own words that you can come up with as you listen to the music. So.
0: I love it. Um, Man. Well, I mean, I guess I should kind of preface to say that uh, part one of uh, our time together uh, you kind of shared more about your work of the creative side Your, you know I mean you create a lot of things visual things and
1: um, yeah like a lot of digital type of any sort of it's like um, audio visual type of stuff that can be made on a computer
0: oh nice I feel like you didn't ex- like explain it that way last time <laughs> but you because because you do so many different things I mean are you still acting too?
1: I, I am, yeah. I still audition often, but you know, I don't really land a lot of acting gigs. So I think um I'm only signed as a commercial actor, so that means like I'll get I, I audition for like commercial roles. Like I just I got an audition for a Bojangles commercial as oh, like for a real? Co- <laughs> yeah. And uh yeah, one day I'll show you all my auditions and they're really cringy, but like I think it's like maybe I mean I have like blonde hair. So like, and I'm like an Asian dude that has naturally black hair. So I like bleach my hair, get it, you know, get it colored. And maybe that's not always the type of look that people are going for. Mm. They want, they want just like a regular looking Asian guy. Whereas like I, I try to make myself look like a non-regular Asian guy. (laughs) Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, it's uh Acting is like just something that I was actually forced into it. My wife was like, "Yo, you should try this out." I was like, "Okay," and then that's you know.
0: And you've gotten a few gigs since then.
1: I have, so. yeah. I, the last one I booked was in December. I did a Home Depot uh, social media commercial that might play hopefully soon somewhere, so you might see me. I have a I have a uh, Indian wife, and we have a mixed race daughter.
2: Oh, nice! And we're
1: moving using Home Depot's brand new truck rental service. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: going to like pop up on my Insta stories. I know it.
1: I hope it does. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, I think it'll be funny to see people's reactions when that comes out.
0: No, definitely. Um, well, but today, you know, cause you wear many hats. We are, I, I'm excited to talk about your music and this new album that just released this week. Um, Thank you. no words to say. I, was in the car with my kids and, Mm -hmm. um, you had, let me, uh, you sent me like kind of a sample
1: beforehand
0: and, um, I was excited to listen to it, but I'm with my kids like 24 seven. And so like, you know, I really was like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, be, get in the car, listen to what John sent me. And I'm just gonna, you know, meditate on it for a little bit so that, you know, I want to be able to share with you how it made me feel, things like that. But like literally, no time, no time to do that by myself. Right. So um I I did play like the first two tracks with my kids in the car. Okay. Um it is so funny because they're complete different personalities. I don't I don't know if you remember them, but Eli, he's now six years old.
1: I remember Eli, yes. Yes,
0: and then Zoe, my daughter, she's four. And right. um just the personalities, um are just they're complete opposites and everything. Um, a few things here and there that are the same, but even in their way that they heard this music, took it in, and expressed how that it made them feel is like so them that I it just it was pretty funny. But then okay, so Eli is more uh, very logical.
2: Mm-hmm. If
0: it doesn't, he's very sensory. He doesn't really think uh, too much like outside the box right like whatever in front of him it's got to make sense kind of like david and more engineer like um right. zoe total feeler um she can look at the clouds and be like oh like god sent me a message today you know <laughs> like things like that um and so <laughs> and so and eli's like no they're just clouds and like um so i said okay like i we listened to the first track oh, i should have written it what was the first track again i'm so sorry
1: the first track is called Req- it's fine we can just yeah you know i'm not we ain't gonna be all like that i know but still i just Req- like okay
0: know? so the first track plays mm-hmm. and then we turn it off i'm like okay so like what do you think this is mm-hmm. like Tum-Chun's music, you music know? <laughs> <laughs> and then um he like he like looks at me he goes Um my like to be honest, like, it's kind of weird.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: And I'm like, oh, oh, it makes you feel weird. And he was like, yeah, it's, I think it's weird. And I feel uncomfortable.
2: I was like,
0: mm. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Thank you. F- that's good. That's good. And he was like, mm. okay, I want to listen to something else now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> it's fine. And then I'm like, Zoe, what about you? And then um, and so, Zoe goes. So it makes me feel nervous, mm. <laughs> and I was like, "It makes you feel nervous." He's like, mm. "Yes, I feel nervous." And I was like, "Okay, I like it. I like it. All right." And then, um, then I they made me change the music.
1: <laughs> I like that. I love that. I love the right? honesty of it. Yeah, I
0: I felt I felt it. Like I I was really actually kind of proud of them that they kind of like. Yeah. listen to it and we're, we're able to evaluate kind of how mm-hmm. they're feeling as they're listening. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I finally got time today to listen to the whole thing. Okay. And um, sorry, I do, I want to hear everything about the album and where kind of some of your feedback of like just the story itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope it's okay that I'm sharing a little bit of how it made me I feel want,
1: today. I want to hear, what your perspective is, for sure.
0: Okay, so just, just to disclaim a little bit. So I, as I'm listening, I'm like, oh, like... I don't listen to a lot of music in general. Like, I listen to a lot of worship music. Mm-hmm. um, But outside of that, like... N- unless it's, like, with, like... Some sort of purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, someone asked me to listen to it, like you. I, mm-hmm. I, I listen, like, oh, I don't really listen to a lot of other music. And... Mm-hmm. I got a little bit like stressed. <laughs>
2: really? I was like,
0: oh, okay, like I want to be intentional, but then right. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to just going to relax and listen as I'm driving right. and so I don't know much about music, but okay. I do like to dance.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I okay. like choreographing things. Yeah. And so with that I I knew how certain parts made me feel. Okay. And so um, I could be completely off on all of it. But, you know, there's about 10 tracks. Is yeah.
1: that
0: right? 10? It's 11. And, yeah, it's like 10 or 11. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, um, there, is a, there is a shift. There's a definite shift for me after Crush.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And so, but Crush, I listened to Crush maybe three or four times today. Mm-hmm. Because I could choreograph it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like I could, I felt this sadness in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. it moves to like this almost like convincing myself that I'm okay. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
0: after experiencing the sadness, convincing Mm -hmm. myself I'm okay. And then it turns into like a confidence
1: mm-hmm
0: and that was crush for me
1: that's amazing that's that's exactly what i felt as well when i made it
0: i mean that's what that's mm-hmm. how i would choreograph it you know as yeah. a as a someone that enjoys dancing
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then um and then playground is that jennifer
1: no, it's not. It's a sample, but a lot oh, of people that's It kind of sounded a
0: little bit like her.
1: So we tried to record Jen's vocals once to like match that, but it just wasn't feeling mm-hmm. and hitting right. So we both were like, let's just keep the sample in there. Because that was originally a demo mm-hmm. that I wanted to try to make with Jen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, it's also really high. It's a really high, and I think I pitched it up, the sample, a little bit as far as like the, uh, the uh, pitch of it. So we talked about it and then we gave it a shot. I don't think it worked out. And then, so I just ended up keeping it. And then that's actually one of the older, that one I made, like, that was actually in contention for like volume one for me, but I oh, left really? it off. Yeah, because I wanted to work on it more. But yeah, so I ended up just putting it on this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really like Playground a lot. Um, so there's a few that was like, oh, this is, I feel it in my soul kind of kind of thing. Right. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, okay, so am I wrong to kind of like say it, it I feel like it tells a story throughout all le- 11 tracks?
1: No, no, it's uh the intentionality behind all of it is very loose. There is meaning behind every track Mm -hmm. that I made. Does it tell a chronological story? It does not, Mm -hmm. but it kind of like plays into a lot of different memories that I had over the past, like three years.
2: Mm.
1: And, um, yeah,
0: Oh, what about Exit 104?
1: Exit 104 is an ode to Pleasant Hill Road.
0: Yeah, I figured. So, yeah. I, so I'm like, oh, like, I, and it's this, it's like.
1: It's a very sad song.
0: It is. It's like the beginning is so sad for me mm-hmm. for some reason, but it picks up a little. Um,
1: Let me see if I can find the lyrics that I originally wrote for that. And I can share it with you right now. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. Let me see. Hold on. Give me like five seconds.
0: No, you're good. Take your time. Not
1: that. Reset right Up to was isn't it? No.
0: But yeah, I think a lot of the songs, like I did I guess I didn't expect it to make me feel a certain way. And I think for me, the, the music that you make, it is a new genre for me, right? Like, I, I'm not used mm. to just beats and things like that that I would listen to on a normal basis. And, um, right. but man, it felt personal.
1: I appreciate that. I mean, everything with my music is very personal mm. um, because it's just, like, I describe music making as, like, um, kind of, like, moments of meditation and prayer because it's like Mm. it's kind of difficult for me to make music it's a struggle um and it's very it's very humbling because like I don't know how I don't really understand music theory Mm. that well I know how to read only one side of the chart, which is the treble clef because I grew up a trumpet player. So I don't know how to read the bass clef. Um, I was a bad kid growing up. So like when my mom would take me to piano lessons, I would never like want to pay attention to what's happening with that. And like, so I was, I was a bad student as well. So like music making to me is like this experience where I, I learned it in college Um, because like, I just wanted to express creativity in some way. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So I got into sampling, which is like basically taking sounds that you find and then creating beats around them, which is like my style of music creating. Um, There are certain parts that I do play on like a synthesizer in this particular product and like all my music, but for the most part, I just like find sounds that I like, and then I put beats and put drums on it and then create sequences and create like, envi- like I call them like sound environments. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And then um, I can't find. I'll, if I find it, I'll text it to you. But Exit 104 is actually a song that I wrote about me um, settling down and saying that I'm going to give up on Really trying to chase after my dreams, and then move to Pleasant Hill and just like start a family. That was wow. You
0: have to find those lyrics.
1: <laughs> I can't. I can't find them. I I look through every. full – I must. You know. I, I now that I think more about it, I must have written them down somewhere. Actually, like in a notepad. Okay. Well, because if you yeah. ever
0: run across them, please take a picture and send it because I I don't what a, what is being said here? Um, wow, that's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, um, I never. I, I never got the guts to like record the song. Okay, I well, I mean, I
0: want to like push back just a little because, um, you know, what you mentioned just a few seconds ago about you know creating music is is can be a challenge for you at times. Like for me, I'm like blown away because I think. As long as I've known you or known even known of you, um, I've known that about you, like you and Jen together, like, you know, making music and, and being creative and doing things that like I could never imagine even approaching. Um, so I, it's fascinating to me that that for you um, is your own kind of obstacle and hurdle that you've overcome and continue to push brown boundaries with even by releasing this album this week um mm-hmm. so like the wor- you know how you said like recording yourself on the mic and things like that and yeah. recording your voice is difficult like what is that is it like the transparency part or like is it as simple as you don't like hearing your own voice or what is that
1: i think it's everything Oh, i don't know i feel like I feel like that there is a lot of projections when it comes to what people want to see in a rapper. And I feel like the projection that I create when I rap is the type of artist that some people don't actually want to see when they listen to hip hop music. Hmm. Um, but I also think that like, I'm also a very harsh critic on myself. And I never really, I don't think I've ever really created that one song that, like, I feel like everybody can latch onto because, like, everything I write is so personal. Like, we, I wrote, I, I, I write a song about settling down and, like, raising a family on Pleasant Hill Road. It's like, there is only, like, our community that's going to understand what that means. So it's like, you know, I, I get that there might be some appeal to like create a song like that. But then for me, it's like, it's my own self-consciousness of being like, ah, oh, you know, I don't think anybody would care. So it's like everything start, everything that I do that's creative is the first, the first and like biggest wall that I have to always break out of is that nobody's going to care about it if mm. I put it out. But it's like, but if i don't put it if i don't put anything up then i i find myself like not being able to have that like push of dopamine or whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah that's why to me it's like i feel like it's very close to my relationship with like god mm-hmm. because in order for me to really embrace this life of believing in the book. It's not just based off of the things that you think or the things that you say, there's action and there's works behind faith. Yeah. So I will say that in moments when I feel like I have writer's block or there's moments where I feel nervous about people hearing the stuff that I make. Like the first the first thing that I do is pray or I go to God and I'm like, just, you know, make this not about me, but make this about you or the other person that's listening.
0: Yeah, And just yeah. use
1: me as a vessel if like this is some, because like literally like, <laughs> I mean, I think about music all the time. I, th- I listen to music constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's all I do. And like, but I don't have, the time to like really sit down and like learn an instrument. So like, I just do it the way that I learned how to do it, which is like through DJing and like through making beats on like the computer, you know? So yeah. it's like, I don't know if that's like my form of, but like in the hip hop world, like that's a lot of producers actually don't know how to, don't know how to use instruments. They all know how to use like devices, like
2: right.
1: NPCs and beat machines and like the computer to make their music. So it's like kind of, I'm in that vein. I'm kind of like, I'm like on par Mm skill set wise with a lot of other, you know, people that make beats. So in that sense, it's cool. But like, you know, I still have, there's still like moments where I'm like, Oh, I want the song to do this, but I don't know how to make it do that in my brain. So it's like I get frustrated or something. And then I sit sometimes like, you know, like, but you can see
0: it, though, in your head?
1: Yeah, so I can, like, hum it. I know where it wants to go. But wow. then because due to my own personal limitations of not understanding theory, like, I don't know how to take it there sometimes. So I have to continue to, like, figure out how to flip it so that it does the thing. I
2: see.
1: Yeah. Like, the last beat, Home Plate, which is track 11,
2: huh.
1: that's, like, the 15th version of that song <gasps> for me. So it's, like, really hard. And it all started with that vocal sample of, I'll be somewhere you can come home, want you to feel safe. So it started uh-huh. with that, but then I, I made, like, 15 versions of that. And then I finally landed on that one that I loved, and then that's what I put out.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's... It's kind of insane to me because I just so that's what is the process then for you? Like you hear it first in your own head, or well, sometimes
1: in like what I do and like sampling, it's you do something called digging.
0: What's okay? What's sampling
1: though? Sampling is when you take either a sound from an existing record, Uh or you like um, I'm a part of a community online called Splice. Okay. And splice is a network of producers from all over the world and they contribute their own sounds that they create. Like, uh, do you remember super low key when I was doing that a few years ago? Yeah. So like (laughs) super low key, like we made a splice pack and sent it to splice and my, like the sounds that we made are available to all the producers that are a member of that community. So like I use splice a lot and I, and the the cool thing about splice is that usually if i like sample aretha franklin Uh and if i put that music out i would have to pay for the licensing for the the use of that sample and if i get discovered using that sample without getting the sample clearance then i could get sued for damages but since i'm like uh, since i'm like a nobody producer that only has like 160 listeners on Spotify. Like, I don't think they'll come after me, but still it's like the principle of not having the permission to use somebody's somebody else's song to make mm-hmm. a beat mm-hmm. is part of the reason why, like it was so difficult for me to release music. Mm. But then when I became a part of the splice community, all mm. the samples that you get on splice are, are already licensed for use and you can use it. I so see. I am instead of digging for samples in records and like old soul or jazz or like funk records, I can dig for samples inside of the community, the Mm. website that they've built. Um, And then I find samples there and I flip them and I just like turn them into my own songs.
0: That's, is that, that's totally normal for this genre of music for people to do that?
1: I would say so. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of like uh, beat makers and like lo-fi producers that, still sample like you know old soul records and stuff and then there are other methods of like people to be able to clear samples Mm -hmm. there might even be some people that post the music without clearing the samples Mm. and they just know that they might not get might not ever get caught because like you know if you're just like some internet producer that like you know only generates like less than a third of a cent a song per stream it's like what could they possibly come after? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's nothing there for the for these record companies to like file a lawsuit. It's probably more expensive to file a lawsuit than it is to like regain on damages. but sure. you know, the ethics behind it is for me is like I don't feel like it's right to like use other people's property without their permission. But, like, I'm slowly getting to a point where, like, I want to be able to start doing that and start paying for the licensing of those songs. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And then to be able to, like, make music, like, how, because, like, the first 10 years of my music production career was me taking, like, uh, you know, a Stevie Wonder record, Mm -hmm. finding a sound that I like using that sound and then making a beat out of it, you
0: know? Okay. So I okay, just to clarify, because no, I know, nothing. please ask, ask um, all the questions. So, okay. All of these, like, so, um, no words to say all of the tracks on this volume two are a sample of something else. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. okay.
0: And then you take it. Okay. And then what happens?
1: And then so what I do you find, do? I find the samples and I just, arrange it and put drums on it and so i like it that's like basically my process
0: okay but then okay what what how does one arrange a sample what do you on the computer
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
2: okay
0: so i've seen those things where like you know there's like a it's a box and then you like tap things the little squares is that part of what you do
1: yes oh okay yeah yeah (laughs) i tap the squares Yes, I tap the square.
0: And so and each square is what? Like a sound?
1: Each square is a sound, yeah. Oh
0: okay. And then you program the squares?
1: I program the squares. Sorry. Yeah. No, this is great. This is like the best explanation of it ever. Yeah.
0: Um, so you program the squares, and then you know which what sound comes out of each square, correct?
1: Correct. Yes. Okay.
0: Because like literally, I've seen people do it like videos, and I'm like, how do they know <laughs> like wh- what's gonna come out?
1: Yeah. No. It's all so like yeah. It. it so if you chop a sample, if it's like if it's like four bars long, mm-hmm. and then you split it into quarter notes, then it's um. S- or if it's like yeah two bars i don't know how to do the math but like you know then each sound is going to be a quarter note's quarter notes worth of the sound and then you can like arrange it and do different stuff with i see
0: it. okay oh wow that's really neat okay yeah and then um that's not what dj's do right they don't do that what do
1: they no d- dj's <laughs> play dj's play tracks and then they scratch but okay. like you know i think a lot of djs can transition into beat making pretty easy because like when you get into like sample based r- record making uh-huh. then like you just listen to so much music so like you start to get ideas of how you can manipulate that song to make it sound like something that you want I it see. to sound like I see. so like in hip-hop a lot of djs are also producers and mm. like hip-hop culture yeah so, like, yeah a lot, some of my favorite producers are, like, also DJs.
0: I see. Okay, well, that makes sense, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I, so, how, okay, so, you know, on home plate you said that, that you did, like, 15 versions of that. So, with each song, like, how long, like, wait, let's take Crush, because that's my favorite one. Um,
1: Crush you know, I made how long in 15 minutes.
0: That, what'd you say?
1: I made that in 15 minutes.
0: So, they're all different.
1: Yeah, it's all different. I made I I found the samples and I arranged Crush and like and I made the song and like I think the longest the longest thing that it took was like programming the drums, but that was easy for me because like when I when I first heard all the samples put together for Crush, like it just clicked so mm-hmm. instantly for me because I already knew cuz like the 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 theme of Crush is um what do you feel like when you have a crush on somebody, you know? Oh my gosh,
0: I didn't even put that together. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, if you can't see my face, it was shock because when (laughs) I listened to it, um, I guess I didn't think of that.
1: Yeah, you said that in the beginning it made you feel nervous and then there's an overwhelming sense of like relief and then the rest of the song makes you feel happy.
0: Yeah, and like confident
1: confidence so like that's basically the storyline of when you start to manifest feelings for another person right yeah no
0: it absolutely is so that's that's
1: why like i named the song crush and like from the beginning and then there's a robot voice in the song that says don't i just wish that you love me yes yes yeah so like that's like you know kind of that's like the that when i found and put all that together that kind of solidified and that's the first thing that I thought of when I heard everything when I arranged it all and sequenced it
0: oh so it's actually like a really cute song
1: (laughs) it is it is it's got a lot of intention behind it it's very um it's it's the goal with a lot of my music is um I want there to always I want the listener to always feel depth like um Mm -hmm. my my best friend he calls my style of music idyllic, which is like it forces you to create a scene inside of your brain when you listen to it.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So that's no, like,
0: th- yeah. I mean, I can totally. That's how I felt on a lot of the tracks. But like I said, I'm I had a little obsession with Crush just because.
1: I'm glad I that could, you liked it.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, I could feel it. I saw it in my head. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't think of that, but now I'm going to go back and listen to it again. But, um, just as far as like movement goes, movement of body, I just, it was, it was this journey, that song. And so I really appreciated it a lot. Um,
1: yeah. If you listen to crush, there's a sample that I found where you can hear somebody going, ha 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 ha. And it's like a, it's like a crazy distorted laughter which kind of like creates the sense of like uneasiness because it's like when you have feelings for somebody else that they don't know, it's like, you're almost like, it's almost like a joke. And it's like, you play in yourself because like you don't know what to do with these feelings. So it's like, you know, people, if they find out maybe that you have a crush on somebody, your friends might laugh at you for having those feelings. So it's like everything behind that song is just very intentional behind like these manifested feelings of this like angsty love you know and I think like I've been married for like 10 years now and like you know I haven't had a crush on anybody in a really long time so like maybe that came out because like it was revisiting feelings of my childhood Mm. that I used to feel Mm -hmm. and um I thought like it was just a really cool opportunity to like explore that part of my brain and just to like see what comes out after like being happily married for 10 years, you know, not cause like love to people like you and I now is like, it's got so much depth. It's almost inexplainable. Right. But it's like an adolescence. It's like love was like, it's always like, Oh, did he say he loved you first? Or did you say you love him? It's like to us, it's like that doesn't even matter anymore. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing because like, it's like this like nonverbal cue of how we talk about love. Like when you've been in, when you've been in you know a union for so long. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think like it was just a really fun way for me to explore that side of humanity that I that I haven't felt in such a long time.
0: Yeah yeah um now have you um i don't know this is kind of weird have you received any like negative feedback about your music before yeah 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 and like it's like from friends or like from people you don't know or
1: both I mean, I just found out today that the 6-year-old kid named Eli was like, oh, this makes me feel nervous. <laughs> no, that's different. That's
0: different. No, no. I had
1: a really I had a really interesting experience this go, which is actually going to it's going to make me remember this project differently for the rest of my life. Hmm. On the day of release on Monday, um, my friend Jakari, he posted on Instagram, this video, this video of, um, it was a video, of Jackie Hill Perry. She was talking about how, when we have conflict with people, so many times in life, we deal with that conflict in flesh To flesh and never in spirit to spirit Hmm. because like when we get upset and somebody offends us it's automatically we start pointing out the easy targets and how we can make them feel bad too about Mm -hmm. themselves or like how we can check them about what they're feeling and how they're wrong because me I keep it so real or whatever it is like I have my guards up like I'm a cool guy Hmm. but when we have conflict with people it's like How often can we honestly say that when somebody approaches us us with a problem, like we view it from the spirit Mm. where it's like we don't consider all of these life events that culminate to this point of their aggression. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that causes us to feel or causes them to feel that pain and to want to lash it out, So like I watched that video and I felt very convicted Mm. and I started repenting for myself. And I started like, you know, thinking about how I so often do that to my wife, Jen. I Mm. often do that to my friends or like people in my community. Like I, I've gotten to this point in this place Mm in my life where it's like constantly like flesh on flesh interaction when it comes to like everything, whether it's friendship and it's like, it has very rarely have ever been about the spirit, hmm. especially in conflict. So like hmm. I watched this video and um, and I'm really deep in repentance. And then two hours later, I had an old acquaintance DM me on Instagram and this person cussed me out and demanded that like, and accused me of being a horrible person because I unfollowed them on Instagram.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Which I understand. Like, you know, there's a lot of like, it can be really tough for some people to like disconnect the meaning of what social media is. For me, social media is a platform to be able to just tell my story as an, right. as an artist or an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, my friends are on there and I, I do a lot of communicating. It's also a place where I handle a lot of my business. Like you and I communicated right. on Instagram for this podcast Yeah, and that reminds me, I need to get your number but I think I have it. We'll, we'll figure all that out later. Um, so I understand that like, you know, and then, you know, there are moments where like social media has made me feel a certain way as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I understand, you know, and like, but it's, it's just the, the timing. And this person was calling me fake. Mm. This person called me a loser. Mm. This person was using a lot of really aggressive words and like, was challenging me and making me like feel really sad, you know. But, like, had I not, if, if, like, that's why I don't believe in coincidences. And I believe that God used this project for me to really help me to solidify my purpose in life, which is to like continue to, you know, chase the spirit when I interact with people or when I have, when I form bonds with people to not make it surface level, to make it very, to, The goal is to always have depth Mm -hmm. and to make sure that they know that if like we need to talk about something and if it's about enriching the spirit and like making you feel like that you are, you know, somewhat in the right sense of like in the right path as far Mm -hmm. as morality, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. like, you know, all of that is on a huge spectrum. But like more than anything, it's just like the kindness and just making sure that like I do my best to spread love to people whenever I come up and meet them. Um, This person, on social media, I oftentimes will, you know, do an audit of, like, my followership or whatever, and I will sometimes unfollow people that I feel like maybe have moved on from Instagram or that are not active in posting on Instagram, so... You know, if you're somebody that's not active on a platform that is meant to share your life, then, you know, like, we can have a separate relationship outside of the internet, which is cool. (laughs) But, like, I don't have to, like, that's not, it's not a symbolic thing for me to be like, oh, yeah, like, this is my homie. Like, Mm -hmm. I've, I've actually only met this person a few times. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So, like, I had that experience happen. And then you know, and then God allowed me to view that video before on Instagram of all places for me to be able to be blessed with this message of like, you know, really being somebody that chases after the spirit and conflict rather than, you know, um, conforming to the flesh.
2: Yeah,
1: And then, so like, that was a really negative and yet really like enlightening and awesome experience that I had. And that's going to, that's going to be a feeling that I will always attach to this project forever. Mm.
0: No, I mean, I thank you for sharing that. So vulnerably, John, I, um, I mean, I brought up the question in itself too, because I mean, in the sense of in the world that we live in today, right. Where Mm -hmm. we are on so many different social platforms where we are putting ourselves out there and, um, you know, your music, like you said, is something personal to you that you've poured out and um, allowed us in. And, you know, as you were talking to, I'm like, truly, like, there is this sense of like, oh, I feel kind of like, not that I know you, but like, just like a familial kind of feeling, even just listening to your music, right? Like, uh, um, it just goes a little bit deeper than then hey what's up john but then it's like hey i listened to your music and this is how it made me feel like and i so anyways all that to say i i asked that question because um it is so personal and i was going to ask you like how do you overcome that but you already just answered it (laughs) (laughs) um but it's so hard i mean like last year for me was kind of crazy just the stuff that i felt like god was bringing um to the surface in my own personal life and um yeah i think what you said what jackie jackie said to my girl Mm -hmm. she's so great but (laughs) um you know that is so relevant You know, especially in in today, where it is always like, "Hey, you did this." Oh, yeah. Well, I I mean, that's just like you know, like like
1: we all check our receipts and make sure that like we're not the ones that did any dirty things, and like we try to fight it. But it's like, you know, I think so many times, like jennifer said this it's like a lot of times when people are in distress it's just you know they are projecting things that are basically so they use us as mirrors it's maybe something that they're feeling on the inside that they don't necessarily know how to deal with on their own so it's like a projection (laughs) you know like yeah i mean like i'm i'm very guilty so Mm -hmm. that's why and that and another aspect of this is like you know to raise empathy and to like you know, be there for people in our community mm-hmm. because like, and that's another aspect of this whole project is to like, cause you know, like I realize what God is like really showing me through my music is that I want to create music to help people think and to help people reflect and to help people like have emotion and to maybe put them in a place mentally and to see a vision of like what that kind of brings. Cause that's what the music does for me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I make it, I see visions with like, not like prophetic. Like, I mean, I, I just, I, it's like, it's idyllic. Like, you know, like for playground, I, when I made that song, I felt, I felt like, Oh, this makes me feel like a kid on a playground.
0: It does. And so that's no, I why mean, I named
1: it playground. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, I know it, the word is not prophetic, but I get what you're saying. I, I yeah. completely know the vibe of what you're saying in the sense of too, like.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like when you know, like when you know your pastor crushed it on Sunday with the right. sermon, it's like that same feeling. It's like, you know, they did something right by like, you know, creating something that makes people feel a certain way. Yes. Or it's like, it's, um, there's conviction. Yes. You know, that's yes. like what I, like every song that I put out, there's conviction into why I feel like it's worthy enough to be released into the public, you know, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to say, you know, everything you just said and the purpose of why you are creating this space, I felt it, you know, throughout my day today. And I can, yeah, I'm really be a testament to that because on a, my life these days have just been go, 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 go. Not stopping and I'm thankful for it. I am grateful, but today I think it created this pocket of space where I could. I was like, oh, this is how it makes me feel today, right. you know. And I'm, um, so yeah, I mean, I think everything you just said, it is doing that at least for me. I'm sure it's doing it for most other people too that's listening. Um, uh, John, I was wondering if we could talk more a little bit on like kind of the the technical stuff that you've, or I, I don't know if you call it technical stuff, but just mm-hmm. the stuff that you've brought to the project to even, like, help um, more people be exposed to it, but like, including, like, the visuals that have been a part of this. Um, there's, like, yeah. a short, oh, is it a music video? I don't know. Did you call it a music video?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to call it. It was, so, you're ta- I think, we're referring to like the promo videos. Of the like promo the videos, releasing. I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, but um, I mean, there's
0: one. Which, there's like a three-minute one too.
1: That's that's the video for Crush. Yeah. Is it? It is. Yeah. Oh
0: gosh, I'm sorry. I like.
1: I, I don't if, know. What if else. that's your favorite song on the project, you should, should check out the video, the interpretation of that. So um, the the whole series of videos that I created was inspired by. The Parable of the Talents.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I mean, I saw the first promo. I, like, I, um, the one where you're in the car.
1: And I receive money.
0: Money, yes.
1: The means of which I receive the money is undisclosed, but I receive money, so I receive a blessing. Oh. And then in video two, I squander my blessing. Video three... God decides that I'm not worthy of the blessing. And then video four, which I have not released yet, is right. Um, basically my demise.
0: You're a genius.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not a genius. It's like, but it's just something that's been, because like, you know, I've been feeling so conflicted on the inside because like, God has truly answered the prayers of my life blair mm. like I've I'm so blessed mm. I've been I've become so blessed with like my career I'm actually doing what I said that I would do against my family and like a lot of people's wishes in my life like mm. there were certain, even certain individuals like very close friends friends that I felt like that wanted to hinder me from living a life of being creative Mm. and the fact that I get to base all of my income and all of my projects off surrounding creative work Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is like it it humbles me so much and it like helps me realize that like God really has blessed me with so much but like I get scared because sometimes I read the passage in Matthew. I think it's in Matthew.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I read the passage in Matthew and like I become frightened because like I realize it's like I don't know. Am I like, am I doing right by what my real mission should be, which is like helping, you know doing like kingdom work or whatever it is that you want to call it. Sure. Being cuz it's more than just being a good person. It's like sometimes like being irrationally sacrificial towards something that or some something or somebody, you know, that like for instance like when I had that when I had that confrontation online with
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that person on Monday like mm-hmm. In the text box, like I'm asking if this person wants to go have a drink, have a cup of coffee,
2: mm-hmm.
1: saying, I'm telling this person, I apologize that we never got to make this work or spend time together. Mm-hmm. But there's still, I and I'm saying in the text, there's still time for us to build a friendship. Just give me a chance. Mm-hmm. And then I show my friends and my wife the conversation, my friends are like, bro, you are, this is too much. Like, you know, but <laughs> like, like- What
0: are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: you should just, just block this person. This person is, this person is being horrible to you. Mm. Cursing me out, calling me a loser, telling me that I'm fake, calling me a false prophet. All these things that are just inc- incredibly offensive. Oh, man, this
0: guy, this person really had a bad day. My goodness.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, I honestly think that it was it was just a divine yeah. moment for me to be able to remember mm. that what I put on into the world does not glorify myself. It's supposed to be glorifying the greater mission of That's my okay. life. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, if God's going to use me, then I, I would much rather I be used to I'd rather be used as a vessel to like create community of love and kindness Mm -hmm. and to not like, and to not like create this culture of like, you know, trying to be another billionaire that just makes crazy money off of like my talent. So like the parable of the talents idea for the whole video promo for me, it was like, it's me just like kind of poetically and visually explaining my thought process of where I'm at with my life right now, Mm. because like, you know, I, because it's like so hard because I work so much. It's like, I can't just like give my time. So like, then what's the next thing? And like, Mm. I spend so much time trying to figure out how do I, you know, and then I have, like, a really weird relationship with church right now. Like, Jen and I don't go to church. So it's, like, I have this difficulty with church right now as well. Like, spe- that all started because of Black Lives Matter. And, like, you know, there's so much separation and, like, belief. Sure. And, you yeah. know, so, like, I, I'm still figuring that part out of community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, So it's, like, yeah, so I'm... was kind of just like an ode to like my own personal turmoil and i wanted to create video like a visual behind it to kind of like show it from my perspective of Mm -hmm. being this like up-and-coming gangster type of which is also a projection of like who i wish to be sometimes as well you know (laughs) it's like this gangster that like drives this like vintage porsche i want to be but i'm not i'm too nice I'm too nice. You know? Which people
0: I probably don't know about you that, you know, think a certain way. But yes, you are a sweetheart, I will have to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jen says that, like, um, my people's first impression of me is that I can be intimidating. But I also believe that I'm like mildly autistic. I might, I could potentially be someone. Why? Because odd.
0: you feel like you're socially awkward or something?
1: Yeah, I have issues with like, being in social settings and no, like you do not <laughs> i don't know i think maybe some of the times that we've met it's like myself overcompensating for okay. my lack thereof but all of it is like training sure you know you've um, trained
0: soft skills
1: i've trained myself to be personable
0: Uh huh.
1: because like you know i like uh how do i describe it the i run out of energy quick yeah
0: okay i can see that i can see that maybe happening okay well okay well what i was gonna ask about the videos but that was that was amazing i um when's the fourth video releasing
1: i was supposed to release it yesterday but um, (laughs) i fell asleep
0: it happens man it happens
1: i don't know Um, I, i got i should probably i should probably put it out like I think it might be too late today so maybe I'll put it out tomorrow. tomorrow I have a, my tomorrow. day off is tomorrow so I'll probably put it out tomorrow.
0: Nice. Um Friday is good. Friday is a good day.
1: Yeah, Friday is a good day. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's good.
0: Um but okay, I I am curious though like how the even that like process like I I watch these vit- promos that you did and not just you like other people too um mm-hmm. just kind of in our community. Um I mean it seems like a process
1: it's painstakingly like difficult to create stuff sometimes like that you yeah so uh Paul when Sharono Sam Cho they the three of them form Poly Studio which is a production company based out of here in Atlanta that is uh Asian run oh, wow. they are all three of them are collaboration um staff alumni that form their own production company
0: okay okay yeah actually i think paul helped me out with something well possibly i think he um did eli's tour video
1: possibly paul yeah paul's vietnamese very handsome vietnamese Yeah,
0: i think um i reached out to somebody it might have been even you
1: possibly maybe and then
0: um yeah but anyways that but okay so he so the three of them Um, have a video production production company company then? Is it what
1: it's called? Yes. Okay. Ollie Studio. Okay. Yeah, video production company.
0: Nice. And and so um, when you bring ideas like this to them, do you guys like storyboard them out? Or like even like locations? I'm like, where are you guys? What is this?
1: (laughs) So in the first video, it's the back parking lot of a dance studio. Uh Uh-huh where they were filming another music video that they also posted on their page. Oh. So like they had a, they had a two hour break where the dancers needed to do rehearsal. And I was like, yo Paul, I'm going to pull up. My friend Chris has his Porsche. We're going to film this thing. So like my friend Chris, like my friend Chris brought his Porsche. We parked it. We parked it behind the dance studio. Paul's like, all right, that cool. We're going to come outside. We're just going to bring the cameras. We're going to do this shot. And I'm like, okay, this shot's super simple. I'm gonna be waiting in the car, looking nervous, in my friend's Porsche because that just looks really tight. And then uh, Sharon's gonna drive my car, drive in front of the camera, drop off a bag of money. Uh-huh. I'm gonna look at the money, and that's gonna be the end of the video. Okay. So like that's just like something that we I wanted to do, but that's also like from like a spiritual perspective, that's like the beginning of the passage where you know. So am I the one that receives like the largest sum, the middle sum, or you know? So, like, everybody – actually, everybody receives the same amount, right? Mm-hmm.
0: It's what you do. The with
1: first it. one, it's what you do with it. So I am the one that does nothing with it, right? Uh. I receive it. I do nothing with it. And I, in video two, I squander it because, like, that scene, <clears throat> um, you can't really tell. But on the nightstand next to my bed, there's a lot of, like, drug paraphernalia.
0: No, um, you can't tell. I don't remember that part because yeah. – I think what stands out to me is is you and Jen.
1: Yeah, so that was us. Like we're in this nice house, and like you know, I'm just like looking like crazy, like I'm probably hungover or whatever. So like that's like a representation of me squandering. I it. see that part. We rented a house in this in the west side of Atlanta. Okay. Um. We rented a house and filmed that scene and all the rest of the three scenes for my video promos in that house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the house rental that was like, yeah, it was like 1500 bucks for like a whole day. So like, we split up the money, rented the house. We have all, we own all the gear. And then Sam Ock, we hired him as a gaffer, which is basically a lighting technician for a video. Um, He lit everything. And then, so we filmed the scenes and then that was like, Back in February.
0: Um, sorry, I'm stuck on you I hired Sam Ock as a gaffer, but um,
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, Sam is amazing gaffer. He like he basically has his own like lighting company.
0: Oh, owns, I did not. That's I'm dude. He mean.
1: owns so much stuff, and it's all this, these amazing tools to like make your videos look better. Man, like, he's I really. Mean, all Ro- y'all really though all no, y'all dude.
0: creative people it's insane so, um yeah well i mean i guess it would help you that since that's kind of your job anyways like like right like to see, you already kind of see what you want so does yeah. it help you kind of move things along in the in, in making these promos and kind of stuff
1: absolutely i mean it's it gets easier every time that we do it mm-hmm. um i think so like in our and I guess in our industry, we call it testing. Okay. Or we call them spec shoots. Spec shoots is more like doing a free shoot for a client because like you like their product or whatever it is. Testing, test shoot is like where we come together, create dope scenes for us to be able to film so that we can test new techniques and new uh, equipment. Okay. So for those, it was testing new techniques for how we can visually tell a story and that's the story that I came up with
2: it's amazing
1: in like the, yeah,
0: the third the, video it's um, someone comes in right
1: yeah so the third video there's a cat burglar shout out to Jewel, Jewel Ellis she's a ballerina that I worked with in the past oh. um, yeah so she breaks into my house and takes my money takes and then that money. yeah so she she's a cat burglar But then the way we filmed it, it's a one-shot take of the whole scene happening. Mm. So she comes into the house. Yes, Yeah. So actually everything that we did is one-shot. Because Paul wants to continue to further this concept of doing one-shot takes. Um,
0: Which is incredible. If you don't know how incredible it is, it's actually amazing that he can do that.
1: (laughs) It's so amazing. Like, this guy is... He's honestly, like, so he's very talented with the camera. Like, all three of them kind of fit perfectly in, like, their own little pockets when Mm. it comes to how they run their business. But, like, Paul being the main camera operator, Mm -hmm. um, his technique behind doing all that stuff is amazing. Like, the way he rigs up his camera you're all that is just, like, beyond anything that I can understand. Mm he's like Um, an
0: acrobat honestly was it you that posted that someone posted like him when he was filming you and jen on the bed mm -hmm. was it yeah was that you
1: no that was poly studio i reshared that but like yeah you can see the behind the scenes of like him doing maneuvering yes like
0: literally doing acrobatics i felt like
1: (laughs) no it's because you're like holding this like hundred pound machine off of your chest mm-hmm. and you have to like create this stuff it's,
0: now does like, um their studio also edit everything or did you edit it
1: they edited these yeah okay yeah. nice yeah, nice. yeah. Mm. yeah it was um,
0: cool. so is it normal for um an artist like you to do these kind of promo videos when album releases
1: yes absolutely okay because you want to create interest around the project, sure. You want to create some sort of like lore or story behind it. Um, I feel like it's just necessary because, like, you know, I want to I want to entice people into wanting to hear what my perspective is, like through music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to see the type of I want people to. I guess get to understand the type of person that I am because like, I may not always be able to express it through words, but I can always express it through other means of how Mm -hmm. I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, and also just like how I view the world in some ways. Yeah. My, my projection and like my dreams of being this like on the rise gangster type, you know, um, That's, like, been embedded in me. That's, like, since, like, eighth grade. It's, like, being a gangpe has always been cool. And that's, like, successful.
0: Sure, yeah. Yeah,
1: but I I know that that's not, like, real. Because I'm actually very happy not being a gangster right now. But, like, you know, I'm just, I have an affinity towards, I mean, I grew up on hip-hop. So, like, it's always going to be that first, you know, whatever.
0: talking about there are no gangsters in Johns Creek?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think. I think I honestly started the Asian gangster thing with my friends in John's
0: Creek. I believe it. I, Namu be included, honest. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm just,
1: yeah, he was a part of it. He was a part of it too. Namu is my, um,
0: <laughs> my EM pastor, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> for those listening. <laughs> <laughs> there are no gangsters here in John's Creek.
1: <laughs> oh, no. There are no gangsters in John's Creek. Oh,
0: man. Um, yeah. Uh, well, John, I um, we're rounding out our hour together and I don't want to take up too much more of your time because i know you have um a full life an abundant life that i'm so thankful that you were able to share with me not just tonight but through the music that you put out um i feel it and i know other people listening feel it too was there anything you wanted to add about the project that we didn't talk about or you didn't get to to express or share
1: no i think i think we talked about everything um please go take a listen yes um My artist name is The Futuristic Vintage. The project name is No Words to Say, Volume 2. It is an instrumental project that um, I would say kind of falls within the genre of lo-fi and chill wave. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on all streaming platforms, including Tidal, of all places, too. So please check it out. Um, It was released on March 20th of 2023. And, uh, I would really appreciate if you took a listen and, you know, drop me a comment on Instagram at the futuristic vintage. And, uh, I wanted to give a big shout out to Blair for being an amazing podcaster and for agreeing to do this with me and for helping me to explain more of my perspective Mm -hmm. that, you know, I couldn't really, if, you know, I couldn't really express through, uh, the music or how can you explain something? How can you explain music that doesn't have words, I guess, you know, so or like yeah. or like visuals or stuff. So it's cool to like be able to talk about it. And uh I appreciate you and I hope that you continue to keep doing your thing and that God continues to bless your family tremendously. And mm. um I appreciate you being a part of our community.
0: Thanks for saying all that. Um but Uh, I'm so grateful for the opportunity just to hear deeper about the the music as well and your side of the story. Um, It really is always so much fun for me to chat with you. Guys, uh, yeah, go listen. I'm not just saying that. It really um, is worth the time and the investment. Um, And so please go listen to it. You know, John, before we sign off together, I... I was wondering if you could share a piece of advice. Maybe someone's listening and they're like, hey, this is really intimidating, like all the music stuff. But I want to do that. You know, I want to do what he's doing. Um, and again, thanks for sharing the parts where are that are challenging for you because I think people think, oh, yeah, they, they know what they're doing and they can just do it and it's easy for them. So I really... Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. I think it eliminates a lot of the, the fear that people might feel in experiencing and creating new things. Um, but yeah, do you have advice for somebody that's listening and it's like, where do I even start?
1: Um, I would say my first piece of advice is don't ever be afraid to share your perspective. The worst mm-hmm. that can happen is that people don't really feel it. So then if that's like, if you want to chase the muse and have likability, which I do too. Like there's reasons why, like, you know, for instance, um, Home Plate was rearranged and recreated 15 times because like I would make something that I think I would like. And then, you know, I would feel like uh, maybe like this one might be too personally, my taste, I should probably, you know, change it to where it's a li- feels and sounds a little bit more universal. So there are aspects of, you know, that's why I like artists have singles, they make singles, because mm. they want, you know, this, they want people to get attracted to your art, and then possibly open them up to other cuts on an album that may not be as like, particularly that sound quote unquote. If you are younger and maybe still in college, I would say you need to find a team of like-minded people, Mm. people that you trust, people that are willing to fulfill a role. So if you are a musician, then find a video or photographer friend that wants to create content with the camera. And then from there, you need somebody to work on the logistics. So you need to find somebody that, like, maybe to, has no creative bone in their body and wants to live the lifestyle. So, like, that could be your first manager.
2: Mm.
1: Everything about progressing forward faster is if you do it with other people. That's yeah. what I believe if you're like a young professional that has some expendable income, hire a personal assistant or find a manager that you can pay to manage you. That's that side of your business that you have no time for so that you can only focus on doing the thing that you love and have the other person figure out all the other stuff to like, to, to do it. Whether it's I booking shows. This,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Just <laughs> like, if you're like, and the thing is it's like, even if it's like somebody that you find on task or like, you know there's so many different ways for you to be able to like outsource work Mm. which is my biggest problem I like I should be outsourcing all the mixing for my music but I don't because like I don't want to pay for it because it it can come out to be like thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. so I do it all myself and like I just get tired of my own stuff all the time because I listen to it over and over and over again I
2: see
1: yeah so if I like The next project I do, I'm probably going to outsource the mixing part of it. You know, I'm sure you, I'm sure, like, you know, you and David might have experienced that with his music as well. Like, so it's just like you just listen to the same song over and over again. You're like, oh, my gosh. Or, like, maybe if you're editing a podcast or whatever.
0: No, yeah. I mean, I think David experiences that with when he is recording his own music. But not when people ask him to do it. He's okay with that. Right. But, um Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And I can't, I can't imagine like, I mean, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I worked in a lot of post after college post. Yeah. You did
1: tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I just hated, like, I just couldn't watch it anymore. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, you know, you know, exactly. But then imagine that being your own stuff. So you start hating your own stuff, which is the hardest part. So like, yeah, like for young professionals, if you are, if you have something that you want to do, but like you find yourself never having time then like hire a personal assistant, find some like find somebody that can help you with the small stuff. So you can focus on the big picture stuff. Mm. Um, you know, and just like, if you are making some, if you are making money and you have expendable income, you have to 100% reinvest all of that into yourself.
2: Mm.
1: You know, like, don't be afraid to spend money on yourself if you really feel like that what you have going on is worth it and it's going to take you to a place that you know would be satisfying or you're answering some sort of calling
0: yeah thank you john again for your sound advice and wisdom um i can't thank you enough for your time um, y'all, go listen to the album right now, The Futuristic Vintage, not just this newly released one, there's other music out. So um, mm. be sure to check that out too. Um, if you have any comments on this episode, please feel free to reach out. You can DM me on social media or you can email me at podcast.bigu at gmail.com. Thanks again, John. Have a great night. Until next time, guys. Bye.
1: Until next time, peace.